Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. Episode 29 takes us into the world of fashion and how traditional practices in the fashion business have resulted in low wages worldwide, unsustainable production, and ethical issues. Enter Isthmus, a slow fashion trading and community space where people passionate about making fashion more sustainable come together to trade clothes, exchange ideas on sustainable brands, and help and inspire each other to grow. I'm speaking with the CEO and co-founder of Isthmus, Ms. Carly Lake, and how their app is working to educate and promote more sustainable fashion trends. So let's dive in, shall we? I'm sitting down with the co-founder and the CEO of Isthmus, Ms. Carly Lake, joining us today on the Talking Solutions podcast. And Carly, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Can't complain. I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. And Carly, just to start things out, what I like to do is just have uh, the guest define their solution and, and kind of what it is that they're doing exactly and why it's such a great fit for uh, society and things of that nature as well. Wow. Right right off the top. No, I love it. Um, <laughs> so we are building uh, currently a mobile app, mobile platform where communities can come together to not just connect and hang out and build this trust and these social connections, but they also can come and trade um, their favorite things. So hopefully never have to buy something new again. Like our goal is, you know, when you want something new, when you want something, you can just come to your community and really seek it out. So it's a place to both connect and trade, um, whether it's a niche community for outdoor gear, for books, for plants, for thrifted neon jackets from from the 80s so um yeah we're really excited about it and right now recently raised our pre-seed and we have one large community using the platform of people who really love slow fashion slow fashion slow batch brands um in the u.s and canada so that's where we're starting but we have this larger vision where you can really share and trade anything with each other love it love it fantastic solution so people can get it down you know i got to get the hook going so i got to ask immediately right as soon as they hear the solution they're gonna be glued they're gonna be listening the Hopefully, whole time right? so there we go uh, yeah exactly so carly with slow fashion for people who may not know can you just kind of i guess define what slow fashion means and what it is and how it compares differently to what might some people might have for that standard definition of fashion yeah i like um so there's like a couple ways so there's some particular brands. Uh, so you can consider like a, a brand in particular to be slow versus fast. So I think more people have heard about the like typical fast fashion brands um, like a Sheen and uh, a Zara, a Primark in, in Europe, um, Forever 21. And really they're um, kind of like decades now have been around where they're just like constantly, constantly producing new trends. I mean, when fashion first started, it was like you have four seasons, right? Like, it's like summer, whatever, matching the year year seasons. And now, I mean, a few years ago, it turned into 52 seasons. And then I just read an article from Wired that Sheen has 6,000 6, 6, new items on its website a day, which is insane. So it's like, you're really not 
taking the time to slow down <laughs> and really think about what you want to own and what you want to wear. So that's a whole idea of like slow fashion in general. And then a slow fashion brand, which people on our platform are trading in particular, are brands that really care about paying their garment workers a fair living wage. They're using high quality, sustainable materials like linens, really caring about each aspect of the supply chain, um, not having a lot of material waste in the supply chain itself. So how can you use like all pieces of the fabric or they're using upcycled recycling, recycled fabric. So these are these brands that are really caring about from the the material to point of, you know, in the packaging, what is everything really being accounted for from environmental to the human aspects of it. And then, you know, you can obviously buy from these slow fashion brands, but also thinking more slowly on what you're actually purchasing. So that can include, you know, purchasing less, wearing what you already have in your closet, thrifting, um, buying used. So there's both the slow fashion brands themselves, and then also just like shopping, and, and just being more like thoughtful when you actually purchase items in general. So those are kind of ways to have this slow living lifestyle and then also ways of supporting slow fashion brands in particular. Awesome. Okay. So there's really kind of a couple elements to that. You kind of have what the brands and the companies are doing and it's a definition and then what you can do kind of as a consumer then to to kind of make more responsible choices. Is that correct then? Yeah, exactly. So obviously the problem that we're kind of trying to solve here is that kind of fast fashion historically and being more sustainable and right and not kind of limiting our overconsumption of products and things of that nature as well. So I guess, Carly, I would ask, like, why has the fashion industry historically kind of been so kind of more unsustainable? And then, you know, obviously, we, we ran into the issue of living wages and things of that nature as well. Uh, so what would you say is, is has kind of caused some of that in the problems in the past and whatnot? And then obviously, uh, you got the great solution now. But what is kind of the, that issue in the past that maybe those companies kind of fell into a trap of? We live in a capitalist society that unfortunately I think we're putting profit over people and I think we're just like constantly constantly thinking how to grow 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 our margins shareholder value um I'm very aware I am I I have I have investors but I think it's just gotten to the point with these brands where it's like that is all that they're caring about they don't care about how much waste how little they're paying their garment workers whether it's a garment worker in Los Angeles California where I'm from or in Bangladesh um they're not caring about how much water they're using. It's really like all these externalities that is a cost that's harming the planet and the people. They're not caring about At the end of the day. It's just growth at all costs and how much money can we make for ourselves and our shareholders. And I think it's gone to the point where it's leading us to a dead planet. It's leading us to like all of these travesties. And I think it's, it's just gotten really far because all we're caring about is how much money we can make in growth. Yeah, that's, I think that's why we've gotten there. And I think why people... And I, I don't blame the consumer at all in this. I think consumers have a lot of power, but I also don't blame individual action because we're part of this system that teaches us, um, whether it's advertising the brands themselves, that the more we're on trend, the more we keep up with this, the cooler we're going to be, the more we're going to fit in. And actually, it, it's the opposite. You This high that you get from purchasing and materialism goes away in a second. You have to constantly consume to keep up with it. It's this horrible, horrible cycle. Sorry for me, I'm, like, I'm very passionate about it. But what actually we know from science and psychology and a lot of studies out there is actually social connection, um, strong relationships, getting out in nature. Um, those actually cause, um, cause really great that cause happiness and it's better for your well-being. And what we want to show you with Isthmus and a lot of other tools and tactics and working with 
you know, so many organizations and people in the community is that these relationships, sharing, trust, and connecting is so much bigger of a payoff than buying a new shirt every day online. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think you define that really, really well uh, when you try to talk about that problem, right? Like, obviously, it's a combination of many things. It, you know, in the past, it was for, for those companies, like you said, it was all about profit. How can we make money? turn things over. Obviously, I think that got carried away a little bit as well when you're talking about the shareholder value from a consumer perspective. I mean, you're just blasted with marketing material, you know, whether it was back in the 70s, 80s, it was magazines of people that look good because they're wearing certain things or they got a nice handbag or whatever that might be. But the one thing that I'm really seeing within the last, you know, decade plus, really maybe two decades, well, I'm not really quite sure, but about decade, two decades plus is we've seen a really big push into kind of more sustainability, responsible choices, kind of ethics, ethics, especially as we've seen more of a global world and we're getting more insight into other countries and things of that nature as well. So I think that um, the fashion industry is changing a little bit, particularly in Europe. I know that there's a lot more legislation. I know that's where you're located right now as well. So I would love to kind of hear a, a little bit about maybe some of the differences. I, I know that the, you know, we're obviously targeting North America with with the company, but you know, in terms of what you see just being over there versus in the perspective of North America. Yeah. So I can kind of say, so I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, and I grew up um and kind of I, I kind of tell the story when I was pitching Isthmus. Like I uh just start for kind of my experience. I went at Los Angeles can be the most diverse like exposure to so many communities, social, so many socioeconomic classes, or it can be in, you're in the bubble where you're just, you know, in your car driving to your friend's homes and you're only in certain neighborhoods. So I went from a very diverse public school to like a very, an age where you're so influenced by so many things. I think 12, 13, I transitioned to this private school where what you wore, what you drove, I got sucked into it. How big your parents' house were, was, was like very much top of mind and really what mattered. And during that time, I got really sucked into fast fashion. Like I, like, you know, I wanted to keep up with the trends. I wanted to keep up with these other people who had Louis Vuitton bags and all this stuff. Like, and I got sucked in and it wasn't until I really saw secondhand and how creative that actually was that really got me out of that. So I think what I've seen in Europe lifestyle was, I'm in Amsterdam right now, is that um, there's, there's less people showing off wealth and really, um, that it's it's not part of like, I mean, we're all affected by each other in on social media, but it's not as much as tied to the culture as I've seen in more US cities, especially in Los Angeles, where I'm from. Um, I don't know if it's because of the Protestant background, but there's this thing in Amsterdam where you actually, everyone like has their curtains open, which for me was like very strange coming from San Francisco, Los Angeles, like, that's something you don't want. You don't want people to see like your home, you know, you don't want people to see your TV if, they, if someone steals it. And it's just like showing, it's supposed to show like how humble you are and showing that you are humble and you don't like care about all these flashy things. So I thought culturally, it's been really eye-opening and really wonderful in those aspects. And then, yeah, I think when it comes to privacy, I think when it does come to environmental pr protections, Europe is ahead. I will say like, I'm not a total expert on this, but I know, um, you know, more transparency in how items are made um, a law just got passed in France that I think will expand to all of Europe. 
um, is really exciting. So I think once the governments do step up and how the governments have stepped up more in Europe, I'm, I'm really excited for that because the companies will have to act and, and really share how they're making their clothes and consumers care about that. So I think that'll be a really great next step. Again, sorry if I'm rambling. I <laughs> want to tell the whole story of kind of where I'm from and, and the cultural differences I've seen too, because that's what I can speak towards. No, you ain't rambling. You're in a great, great spot. You're educating us all. We're all getting more information and getting smarter because of you in the slow fashion realm and what's going on. And, and I think that what we're talking about here is a big problem. You know, obviously we're talking a lot about um, kind of consumerism as a whole overconsumption, and then also talking about, you know, uh, paying low wages like historically has been in the past and, and also how it is now, unfortunately, in some parts too. And I think that fashion is, is a large representative part of that. And it is because fashion is such a, it's people's identity, you know, people will identify with the clothes that they wear, uh, or something like that. Um, I'm not that familiar with it because I'm the opposite. I'm like, if you could just pick out my clothes, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't need to think about it. But um, it, it is really, to me, kind of what kind of symbolizes that overconsumption is kind of that fashion, obviously electronics as well. But yeah, and, and Carly, I, I want to get to a few things. You've mentioned a lot. What I really liked was the people that are connecting with community, people connecting with relationships. Want to get into that in a little bit as well. But first and foremost, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, talking about your background and growing up in in LA and then you know living in San Francisco and going to the private school as well. But tell me a little bit about that moment where maybe you and your co-founder or whomever kind of thought of the idea or, or however it might have gone. When did it kind of click? When were you like, you know what, I'm going to be the one that's going to take forward. I'm going to be the one to start this and, and I'm going to be the one to kind of work to to be a solution uh, instead of, you know, consistently being uh, just somebody who either looks the other way or is part of the problem. I was working at Uber on the safety team, and that's also really affected how we want to build this company with trust, safety, like built in. Um, and while I was doing that, I uh, really like that that moment when I was younger, like when I discovered sustainable sustainable fashion, it like opened up my eyes to this whole new world and thrifting and sewing. And and so when I was at Uber on the side, I started a blog called Thoughtful Flamingo because this was like 2017, 2018 sustainable fashion wasn't as popular as it is now, which is awesome to see. But I wanted to show my friends in particular and to start talking about like how cool dressing sustainably actually was. You didn't just have to wear like this like potato sack brown bag that's made out of hemp, which was like what people thought of when they thought of slow fashion. Um, and I interviewed all these different people. How did they build their closets? Where did they shop? And I went to a conference, a sustainable fashion conference in Portland. And it was really cool. Everyone like knew each other. And I was kind of like, oh, what? Like, how do they know each other? And I, I learned that these people, um, they all met each other online and they were all learning about slow fashion and sustainability and sharing items and buying items, not on these kind of more typical marketplaces where we have secondhand, but they're going into more of these like hacked together groups on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, other, other ways. Um, WhatsApp groups where they were both connecting, making friends, talking about these things they loved um, and learning about these different brands and then also buying, selling and trading together. And I was like, oh my God, they are finding so much value here, but it's so hard to transact. It's so hard to search, filter, but they just like really want these niche spaces to both connect and trade physical items. And I was like, there has to be a place where they can do both. 
And what I was seeing was this really unique flywheel where the more you connected, the more you wanted to share with these people versus like a random stranger on a marketplace. And then the more you shared, and there's a lot of, again, scientific data around this, the more you trust you had in these people, the more you felt connected to them. So this like flywheel would start happening. We're already seeing that on, on Isthmus. So I was like, there's something here. Uh, I quit my job at Uber. Um, started to build a prototype in bubble. I don't have any coding background and I'm a really big fan of no code for unlocking people of all backgrounds, nonprofit backgrounds, government backgrounds. I'm, I have a tech background, but I'm not technical. And so to really test these ideas. And then from there met my co-founder and then we raised and hired an engineer and we've been building since. Love it. Sounds like you kind of took off with it a little bit then, if you will, or it's kind of, you get to that conference and everything, you start seeing it, things start to put together and then, and then it kind of just kind of clicks. Yeah. I have a, I mean, I have my co-founder really too. I mean, to thank for that. And then our, our, um, Tanya Dastyar, she comes from a Microsoft PM background. Um, and then our first, our founding engineer who really just <laughs> caught us off of bubble, um, love bubble that got me so far fundraised with that. And then our founding engineer, who's um, based in Brazil, um, Anthony, it's just, um, yeah, it's been the three of us. And we recently hired a product designer, um, Casey, based out of Brooklyn. So um, it's been really cool to just bring this asynchronous team together to work on on this mission and and really just be focused. And we're building fast, but also like thoughtfully. And yeah, it's it's been it's been really cool so far. Fantastic. You mentioned it asynchronously. What are some of the challenges that you've kind of had working from different spots and especially different time zones as well? I mean, you got Brazil, you got New York. Uh, I believe the the co your co-founders in Washington D.C. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you're in Amsterdam, obviously. So we got a little bit of different time zones and things of that nature. What types of challenges um, have you all kind of faced in that sense to kind of grow in this new age, especially that we're seeing it now with startups, where everybody's kind of in different spots and, and growing online and, and digitally and, and asynchronously? So um, my co-founder and I met online um, via this program called On Deck, um, and we signed. We incorporated our business. We raised our pre-seed and uh, did all of this and hired our the, our engineer um, before we met in person, which is insane, I think. Like, I feel <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I think like what's super important is looking back, like, you know, when you get to know your, co your coworkers, you know, you build in coffee talks, you build in all these like kind of micro moments you don't really think about because you're in person. Like, how's your weekend? You're saying hi when you get to your desk, like you're, you're having lunch together. And when you work asynchronously, of course, like when you jump on a call, I'm not, we're not just like, okay, what's the project? How's your weekend? But you kind of forget about all these micro moments that really build in psychological safety and trust and getting to know someone. So I think like, even if it seems like a waste of time, like making sure you have those moments is super important. Um, and we, we've met up in person since, um, and we're trying to do more like regular offsites, which, you know, it is expensive, but you know, it, it, we're, we think it, just having that in-person time is, is also important. And then time zone wise, uh, I'm in Amsterdam and, and, uh, most of the team is around Eastern time. So for me, I've just like made it work. I work a little bit later than usual, but you know, I have to just be really diligent of the hours when no one's online. Like I make sure I have all everything I need from them the day before. Um, so I can just be heads down and working, get all my like kind of one person work done. And then around this, a little bit earlier than this, we all come online together, have our meetings. It's actually really helpful for me because they're all kind of blocked off together, but like it makes us 
you know, have diligence, make sure we're very structured because we only have these set amount of hours together. And then we do a lot of asynchronous communication. So Loom videos, Slack, um, we're using Linear now. So we make sure documentation is also really important for our culture too. Yes, documentation is huge. There's no doubt about that. I mean, documentation really, really is helpful. Things of that nature when you're kind of building up a company and an organization. I love the the fact that you all are working on trying to do more offsite stuff in, in person. I definitely think that goes. And, and then the micro moments, of course, are huge, right? I mean, what is life except comprised of a bunch of moments? That's basically what it is. Let's pause for a second as I want to recommend a documentary this time around instead of a book. I'm not a fashion person. And to be honest, I really, really never think about clothing or anything of that nature outside of the 30 seconds that it probably takes for me to throw on clothes after I get out of the shower, right? But after speaking with Carly and learning more about slow fashion and the historical problems that we've had in this industry, I was very interested in learning more about it. Carly recommended the documentary, The True Cost, and I want to encourage you all to watch this as it really goes into detail about all the things that we as consumers don't think about, or to be frank, maybe don't want to think about when it comes to labor and the price that is paid by workers across the globe just so we can meet our fashion desires and needs. It's eye-opening and it'll really make you second guess your purchasing decisions as it discusses the story of the clothes we wear, who makes them, and the impact that it has on our world. You can find it on all of the major platforms and I definitely recommend you checking it out to learn more about this industry, why it is full of problems and just quite frankly, unfair and horrific for some of the conditions that these workers go through. And I wanna make sure that everybody has a better understanding of it. So why don't we move on to the next segment and learn more about the solution that Carly and Isthmus are providing to this issue. Carly, let's uh, let's kind of dive into it. How does Isthmus work? You know, what does what can users do? All that good stuff. Let's kind of get into the solution a little bit. Uh, you've helped us kind of define slow fashion and how that helps solve problems within kind of the fashion industry when it comes to to more fair wages and then less consumption and the encouragement of kind of community and, and recycling clothing and things of that nature as well. But I'd love to to kind of hear about how Isthmus specifically. Uh, can create that community that you were talking about, you know, foster those relationships and and do things like meeting online, like you met your co-founder through On Deck, which is a great program a little bit. So how does this kind of foster that community vibe and whatnot and make people feel comfortable exchanging clothes with one another to kind of kind of surpass that stigma that, oh, I don't want to wear something that's not in style. Somebody already wore that, you know, that type of vibe. Uh, I know that exists. So how does this must kind of work on that sense? Yeah. And I'm glad you, you brought the last part up. So we, I love research. I was a journalism major. So I'm just like, give me the facts. And um, before I was reading a lot of research, like there's two big barriers to entry for people to even like associate themselves with used clothing and used items. And one, it's like that stigma of who wore it before me? Like, is it dirty? Like, I, like gross, like, uh, and then two, um, is it socially acceptable in my community? Um, and what's great we hope with our platform is we really tackle both and we really hope that can unlock secondhand and trading for like any person, whether they've engaged with it before or not. Cause right. Of course it's socially acceptable in your community. You're in a trading community of people who love what you love. And two, you know who it's from. It's from someone you trust. It's from someone you who told you about the coolest new denim sale going on or told you how to mend your jacket, um, who lives close by. So we're really hoping to unlock youth for so many people because unfortunately, like people are still shopping at Sheen. Um, <laughs> so sorry, like my enemy number one. But um, yeah, so how 
So we got, I mean, really lucky. I met in the group I was at this conference with, uh, it's called Sell Trade So Fashion. And they're a community of thousands of people on Instagram who um, are trading, buying and selling, and also connecting around these slow fashion brands. And I got really close with the co-founder of it, Mariah, who's um, based in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was just came up, I just talked to her. I was like, hey, like, what are your barriers? Like, how, how are you even building this community on Instagram? Instagram's not made for like selling items across community members and posting all this stuff. And really just got to understand her pain points. And so right now we're working with them and that's our main community is is kind of bringing them over. And so right now, every Tuesday, the community comes to Isthmus and we have a trading day. So our, our idea too is like, we don't want you to feel this FOMO, keeping up like one day a week, you trade, you come together with the community. During the week, you can add items to your closet, you can share what you're looking for, but Tuesday is the one day where everyone comes together, trades their items. And then we also have a discussion section where people can connect and learn and hang out. That's available all through the week. But if you miss a Monday, that question will still be there. The advice will still be there. It's not hopefully creating this FOMO. So you have kind of both sides of the coin, right? The connecting and the sharing. And then one of our favorite things is, you know, you bring items back in the community, you relist. So you see who's had it before you. Did they go to a wedding in it? Did they mend it? Did they have this really great memory attached to it? So another thing we want to show is the more you wear, the more you share the items, they actually become cooler. They have this story. It's, it's a shared artifact. And so, yeah, those are a few key components of Isthmus right now. And we're hoping in the next few months to start bringing on new groups and new communities who also want to engage. Yeah. What type of kind of feedback are you getting from from the, the customers or the users and whatnot on it as well? Like, how do you kind of bring them into the community, especially for people who may not be? You mentioned, hey, everybody's in this community. Of course, they want to trade. They're all in, you know, slow fashion, sustainability. They all love it. They, you know, fair wages and stuff like that. What about for the people that you're trying to maybe try to appeal to that are kind of new to it, that have some interest, but they don't really know what things are and things of that nature as well? What types of things... Um, can you kind of do with the platform or, or that they can kind of go into and see uh, that can kind of educate them a little bit more and make them want to be a part of this community and, and kind of spiral that growth a little bit? Yeah. So I think what we're, what's nice about the slow fashion group is they like, we're just tech, we're just going and talking to people who already like these brands. So that's been really helpful. I think for us, it's really important is like showing how fun trading is and how much more fun it is. I think that when we acquire users outside of the slow fashion world, maybe a group of people who love outdoor gear. Like it is so much more fun to share and have these memories. And we've actually gotten some feedback from users this week, community members, like at this, one of my friends, Rebecca, on the, um, I met her through, through the app, got this really interesting lampshade hat. Um, and she was like, I would have never bought this, but with trading, it's like low stakes. I'm going to try all these weird, cool things I'd never want to wear before. And then I posted that on our Instagram. And then another community member, Erica, messaged me. She's like, oh my God, I totally feel this. I just got these tie-dye pants I would have never bought, but because I can trade them, it's like so fun. So we really want to, of course, the sustainable aspects are part of it, but I don't think that's as these words sexy it's a little intimidating this world so we want to show really how fun it is to just like connect and trade with these people who love the same things you do so that's what we're going to try to do um and really show just and how much money you can save like just just yeah we're going to try to really lead with that versus like how sustainable it is because that doesn't really resonate with 
everyone. Right. I mean, off the top of my head, and again, I'm not a fashion expert. I, I don't shop. That's not my thing. But for me personally, top of my head, I'm it's kind of like your own personal shopper in a way, because you're kind of getting like all these suggestions that you would have never really gotten if you were just going to go to the store yourself, right? Now you got a community, like you said, with the hat or the lampshade, you know, and then a different shirt. It's like, oh, okay. I think I could rock that and I'm not gonna I just trade it, try it out. Yeah, and it's really cool. The discussion space is is great for connecting, but what we're also seeing is it's just so cool you discover all these like Easter eggs, but we're also seeing is people are learning via the discussion. So maybe you don't know a lot about different brands or items. And so people are like, Hey, what are great pregnancy items? What are great bike short recommendations you have? So like the discussion piece of it helps people who might be interested in slow fashion, but don't know a lot about it, really learn about these brands, discover. So that's been a good kind of pairing with the actual trading where you can learn and you can connect, even if you're new to the slow fashion world or whatever community you're, you're joining on the platform. Yeah, exactly. And what I really love about all this as well is that it's so community driven, right? It's fostering relationships, making new friends, you know, that have a similar, you know, uh, interest in you in fashion, right? And then obviously you kind of take it to that next level for, you know, sustainable fashion and things of that nature as well for people to learn. But it's also what creates change, right? Like we talked a lot earlier about government and legislation and all that type of stuff. But, you know, People demand things and people are more interested in things and you have a big community like that, which, you know, Isma sounds like it's doing um, that can kind of foster change as well into the practices of, you know, what some brands are as, as you continue to grow a little bit as well. I like just started to like free free form journal. It's really helped me in the mornings <laughs> um, just to stay creative and like excited and what and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like and I <laughs> and I was thinking about this idea um, about like individual power versus community power. And I think like so many places now are like so individual individual focus like getting you know your check your blue check mark on twitter or something like that but like and it's just like feels so individualistic and again there's nothing wrong that i think we need thought leaders we need change makers but like how cool is this community power like when you actually all come together as kind of this block as this unit like you can create so much change and i think that's what i'm really excited about with like hopefully next year is just like how communities can really drive change and the power of coming together and helping each other out and not just doing everything to get ahead yourself if that makes any sense so i i, I and, and i've learned a lot about that through um not just like fellow fellow entrepreneurs, but also just like grassroots organizations, um, like the Sunrise Movement, um, Extinction Rebellion, and just like how communities can just come together to, again, create change, pressure politicians. And I'm really excited about that. And I hopefully, you know, we're not like a politically minded app. We want people to have fun, trade and connect. But I'm actually really excited for what power these communities have for the better. Um, maybe I live in my weird utopian world, but that's something else I'm excited about. Well, you know, in utopia or anything like that is just a, just a crazy word until it actually becomes reality, right? And I mean, yeah. look back at like the, the five-day work week or whatever, you know, Ford was like, ah, we don't have to work seven days. Let's do five days. And now we're like, oh, okay, well, maybe that'll be the same thing for a three-day, four-day work week. Right? We're already let's seeing hope. stuff there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's find out. But uh, on that note too, with the, with the application in the community, I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit where you have that. Is it just kind of like a, so that community platform where every, or I'm sorry, the uh, discussion platform where everybody's kind of talking and whatnot, uh, is that all just kind of like do you provide certain topics for people to kind of jump in and talk about? Is it all community driven where someone can just kind of do a post? How does that work a little bit? You know, what level of it is education and fun and, and stuff like that? And 
and kind of how does that kind of work in the in the application right now? Yeah, it's a great question. We're trying to like like we have topics, so we're trying to like help people understand what types of things you can post. But we also have like other and suggested topics. We don't want to like pigeonhole. We want to see what organically comes. We also have three amazing moderators, I should say, who are, we see the moderator role of these different communities is huge. Like they're, they're, they're giving so much to these communities. They're helping with discussions They're educating. So the founder of Cell Traits of Action, Mariah is actually one of our moderators. So in, um, a person named Sarah and Angela, also based in the U.S., and they help really answer discussions. They do like intros, like everyone introduce yourself, and they're really helping kind of foster a lot of that connection and um, content. And then we're also trying to bring amplify pe- members of the community who are doing really awesome things. So one of our community members is a style coach, discovering your personal style. So we're going to do kind of like threads where you can ask them, you know, how do I, what works well for me? So we're trying to kind of see what content works really well. But so far, the best content has just been or or people organically asking for item advice, um, questions about different brands and how they size things. We've seen like a lot of organic communication. Um, This this last week, someone asked, let's do in-person clothing swap. So it's anything from like advice on brands to ways to connect, how to clean your items. But um, yeah, these are the experts. So it's been really cool to see people actually responding with really helpful advice for the members too. Absolutely. Has any part of your research and, and whatnot with the with the apps been talking with brands themselves, maybe brands that identify as more kind of slow fashion style? I mean, I imagine you, you probably are aware of many of them, but has any of that actually involved like maybe talking with them or plans in the future or, or how has that kind of worked in? Yeah, we, we definitely want the brands to play a role. We've done some really just guides that we have put put on Instagram. Um, now we're keeping a lot in the app because that's like a benefit of being in the app, but um, where we kind of call out really great brands doing stuff. And so we'll start like messaging them and, and just say how much our community loves them. And we really see like maybe a brand can come host and talk about the latest collection. Like we do see brands playing a role in the community to come. We haven't done too much engagement to date. How do you see kind of the sustainable fashion trend and or I'm sorry, slow fashion trend kind of going in the next 10 years or so, because like you had mentioned, you know, even back as early as 2016, 17, it wasn't as prominent as it is now. And, it, and we've kind of I mean, I know what it is now, you know, and and like I said, zero attention to fashion for me. So, I mean, it's definitely kind of growing and maybe I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but it's getting more popular as well. So I'd be curious to see just kind of, you know, how Isthmus plans to kind of grow with it and, and kind of be a leader in that space. And then also just in terms of an industry, how you kind of see it trajectory projecting forward. Really great question. Interesting. We, we send a weekly newsletter. Um, again, journalism major, I'm like constantly talking, talking about all these things with the people, but it was interesting, actually one, one, not to start off on the negative foot, but I'm going to is um, greenwashing because brands think that this is trending they are starting to do things to make it look like they're sustainable but they're really not so we just did a whole um feature about like how to spot greenwashing what does it mean and greenwashing is basically like saying you're sustainable but really not or changing like one really small thing like oh we're using this one fabric but you're still producing millions of garments that are going to eventually go to waste right and you're still part of this like overconsumption model so I think like educating people and I think people are getting smarter about that, which I'm really excited about. Um, sorry, to start off a negative, but that's one thing that's happening because it's becoming popular, but I think consumers are getting smarter about it, which is, is really awesome to see. And we can also help educate. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited that people can see that you can have more fun, be more creative when you actually buy used and you can actually find so much more value than 
find something new every single day. Um, that's my hope um, and what I'm really excited about. And I think there's, I, I love TikTok, <laughs> speaking of individual action, but it's one of my, and, and it's one of my favorite platforms because I think there's so much creativity and people kind of pushing back with thrifting and upcycling. And one of my, some of my favorite videos are like, gen, I'm millennial, Gen Zers taking like these old things they find at Goodwill and turning it into like a cool, like going out outfit. And I'm just hoping that narrative continues um, and wins over these kind of fast fashion hauls that we're, we're still seeing. I hope this kind of overtakes and, and yeah. I don't know. I, 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 there's two worlds. Like you hear the sheens of the world, but then you also hear like the thrifters of the world. And I think hopefully in 10 years, the thrifters will be the cool ones and, and that'll continue to be amplified. And I think that it very much so. I mean, I think the great thing about social social media and those individualistic actions and things of that nature as well is it brings awareness, right? I mean, if you have an individual who's got loads of followers and they're like, Hey, check this out. I just went to the thrift shop, you know, pulled some Macklemore and did all that good stuff, you know, but no, uh, that's, that's, that's a good following. You got, you, you have a point. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, I don't want to put down like individual power versus community power. I just, I think like oh, one thing I'm really excited about that I think culture needs to lead the way to um, Love Island. This sh- I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a reality show in, in the UK. I actually never seen it, but I'm um, I'm going to. Uh, they got a lot of I think their contestants, what they're called, people on that show where up to date would wear a lot of fast fashion. And now this season, eBay is their sponsor. So I'm so excited about that because that is like a huge moment and a lot of pe- so many people watch that show and it's going to, they're going to see like, oh, wow, my favorite person is wearing this used item. It's socially acceptable. I will too. So I think there needs to be more of that and really people in the media stepping up and showing that dressing, thrifting and thrifted clothes is cooler than going to the mall. I want to take a break and talk about some positivity, some good vibes and get that going for you in this episode. So let's take a quick break and recap some of the positive and inspirational and optimistic news that we got going on in the world for this week. Out of Vietnam, the poverty rate was significantly reduced between 2010 and 2020 as 10 million people were lifted out of poverty following a big drop in the poverty rate over the past decade from 16.8% all the way down to 5%. So definitely some good news out of Vietnam as they continue to be more economically empowered over there. Some other good news that we got going on for the week that I wanted to share with you is that we have a hidden treasure that was found from a thriving undisturbed forest in a sinkhole over in the south of China. And what lies within it are primitive and amazingly well-preserved forest that has its own ecosystem and biodiversity that we hadn't seen before. And it gives us unique insight into how nature thrives without the intervention of humans. So some really good information out there for researchers on that front. And if you haven't heard already, this news is a little bit older, but there's the first photo of a massive black hole that is in the Milky Way galaxy. But don't worry, it is a slow moving one and we don't have anything to worry about. But they had a really great photo and it's super, super cool uh, just to kind of see this astrophysical feat that I'll just get a better understanding of our universe. And a Seahawks couple meets again as breeding program is paying off for Seahawks, also known as Ospreys, and it has been encouraged on the Dorset Coast in the United Kingdom. As conservation efforts are being approved worthwhile, two birds found their way back to each other from migration. They are currently nesting. So great to see that population continue to uh, grow and thrive after some issue. Uh, And then 
They scientists have discovered an enzyme that breaks down plastic in days from the University of Texas, a team of researchers. Uh, and that is fantastic, right? Because that's going to provide a solution to the plastic waste in overflowing landfills and the environment if we can break down these plastics much faster than we already do. So just wanted to share some good news, good vibes, some optimism in the center of this episode as we turn it back over and hear more about Isthmus from co-founder and CEO Carly Lake. Absolutely. And again, your community platform, really, I think what's great about it is it does foster that connection, right? You, you allow yourself to look at other people who are looking cool or embracing themselves. You know, confidence is such a big thing as well. You know, if you have these people who are just embracing themselves and confident wearing what they're wearing and, you know, people are going to go, you know what, that looks cool. I want to try it out as well. Like I said, I kind of think it is kind of like having a, a personal shopper or something. I mean, you got people recommending clothes yeah. that you wouldn't wear. You have people wearing them in a way that... Um, wearing them in a way that you may not have thought of if you just went to the store yourself, right? And tried some stuff on and then, you know, asked your friend, oh, you should wear that. I mean, you're getting, it's it's innovative, True. it's creative. I, I think that part can be a really attractive idea for, for people on that platform as well. Yeah, the inspiration piece of it. We're still trying to think like, you know, sharing the items you've traded, how you've worn them. I think we haven't even scratched the surface of that, but thank you for bringing that up. I'm like, I need to dive deeper into that. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it can be informative for you as well Of course. <laughs> in the podcast episode. So really interesting on that front. And then I guess um, kind of the last question I kind of have on that note, too, is uh, I want to talk a little bit, too, about what you think the really good benefits are going to be if this continues to raise about more fair wages, whether that's for people working you know, within the country or another country where it's getting outsourced as well. And, and what do you think the positive impacts will be of that and, and kind of uplifting their lives there on that front versus in the past where, you know, they've been stuck and having to just tie a shoelace or whatever it might be for, you know, eight hours a day or something like that. So how do you kind of foresee that changing a little bit as people get more included and, and passionate about this? I'm really excited. Kristen Gillibrand just introduced a bill around fair wages in, in the fashion industry. So there is movement in the U.S., which is really good. And I think there's this been this this thing, if it's made in the U.S., it means it's, it's um, people are getting a living wage. I think uh, what's really important first is just be aware that um, this is an issue. And I think we're at the point where people are aware, which is great. Um, one of my like mentors, Rebe Rebecca Blake Thompson, has written a lot about how in LA, you know, garment workers are paid $3 an hour um, for, for clothing brands like Ross and, and Fashion Nova. So this is happening. And I think there's awareness and now bills and people acting and making sure there are fair wages for these workers. Um, that's, that's really exciting. And I think a lot of people are caring more about workers' rights in the past few years. And unions and unionizing is happening more and more at Amazon, at Starbucks, at like the John Deere warehouse, I think. Is that right? Sorry, I'm, again, I'm not the 100% expert on this. I'm just really passionate about it. Um, so I think that has been really cool. And I think, again, community-powered organizations, grassroots organizations, unions are, I hope, going to do so much more work to pressure politicians, to pressure corporations, to really make sure fair wage, living wage, minimum wage, um, getting higher is happening across the board, no matter what country you're in. So really excited about that. And I hope um, when I grew up, like I looked up to, I, I remember I like, I wanted to be a billionaire. Like I, I looked up into that. And now I think that's honestly disgusting. Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> everyone else doesn't kill me. Like, I think hoarding money when there is so much inequality in this world is, is, is truly disgusting. And I'm excited that like, hopefully when I have kids, they're going to be looking up to the head of the unions at Amazon and really seeing these people as superheroes instead of 
people just trying to keep all the wealth for themselves. So I think that is changing. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I don't want to offend people, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, what I think is, you know, anything about human beings and whatnot and the way we work as a society is that we constantly adapt, we constantly change, and we constantly pivot. Uh, you know, we've been doing that our, the whole entire history of humankind and more so at an exp exponential rate, you know, since the Industrial Revolution and the farming and agricultural revolution course, yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. So it's really, it will be really interesting and exciting to see what that's like, you know. Even even put it a step further, you know, uh, with your grandkids or something, you know, when there's a, even more time to be changed. So it'll be interesting to see what that's like. But Carly, I want to talk a little bit now about how can people get on this app? How can they use it? How can they get involved? Where do they go to sign up? Uh, how can they support all that good stuff? So I guess first and foremost, Carly, if I am listening to this and I go, wow, I really like what she had to say. She, she had some good stuff. I'm going to join this community. Uh, how can I do so? Yeah, definitely follow us on isthmus underscore app. I know it's really hard to say and spell. We're changing our name, but for now it's I-S-T-H-M-U-S underscore app. We have a wait list, um, also isthmusapp.com. So let us know what group you'd want to join or be a part of. Um, if you're into slow fashion brands, um, we have a community waiting for you. So just follow the link in our Instagram bio and yeah, we'd just love to hear from you. Awesome. And then I believe you had mentioned too uh, earlier in this episode that in the future, you, you hope to expand into other spaces yes. as well, not just uh, fashion too. Is that correct? Yeah. So let us know. It's funny. We like every day that, so like whether it's handmade items or sneakers or, or baby clothes, like we really want to hear from you, like what type of group, whether you already have it, maybe it's five of you on your neighborhood block or it's 5,000 of you on Facebook. Like we really want to hear from you what groups you want to see um, and what we can build from you, whether you're a moderator already or want to start your own group or just want to join a group eventually. Yeah. And then uh, within that wait list and the application to get set to use it and things of that nature as well, is it going to be mobile, desktop? What do you got for us in terms of web or, or mobile or both? Yeah, right now we're building with React. Oh, sorry, my thing went off. Um, so we're on, we're in the App Store, Play Store, and we have Web too. So once you join, you can kind of go from all those platforms. Yeah, right now it is invite only. So we recommend like adding your name to the waitlist or messaging us on Instagram. Yeah, we can get you. Awesome, an invite, you got so. React Use, using React Native then for mobile as well. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like kidding. There you go. But yeah, React code. Native. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Right? Fantastic. We're not going to geek out. Don't worry about it. We're all good. And then awesome. And then Carly, you mentioned on social media, you have a following for people to kind of support you there and, and to kind of get some feedback um, on that front as well. Anything else that you would like to add in order for people to kind of hop on and, and join or interact with you or maybe some actionable tips for people to get a little bit more educated on uh, slow fashion as well? My Instagram is at Thoughtful Flamingo. If you want to see what I'm up to in Amsterdam and trying not to buy new clothes for a year. Um, but a couple organizations that I really love are, um, if you're more into like activism, I would say Extinction Rebellion, Sunrise Movement, um, Remake specifically for fashion, uh, Fashion Revolution for fashion too. Those are a few organizations that I really love who are doing really cool things. Awesome. You, got, you still got that blog going for Thoughtful Flamingo, putting those journalism um, skills to work or... Yeah, I, we're still doing it, um, doing more content for Isthmus in particular. Um, but yeah, trying to balance like my own personal writing and, and, and entrepreneurship is always hard, but trying, trying to do that. Yeah, is that going to, you'd mentioned, you know, the content for, for Isthmus as well. Is there going to be planned for that in the future to kind of have an extensive blog or kind of content creation kind of section for that in terms of educational stuff or community written, driven stuff? Yeah, right now we're trying to figure out like, do we have an outward facing blog for acquisition or do we keep it really just like in the app for just members of the community? So figuring that out. But I 
love writing. I love, I think education is a huge, huge part of all of this. We really do want to generate content and figure out how that fits into the, the ecosystem. Awesome. Fantastic. And then I guess what would be your uh, one message to people out there uh, if they want to learn about slow fashion and being kind of more sustainable in that space and and whatnot? Like what's uh, what's the one message that you would say to them? Yeah, um, I think the most sustainable thing you can do is just shop your own closet and shop your friend's closet. I think that's number one. My, this is from my best friend's closet in LA. I go back and steal all her stuff. Um, so I think that's number one. Like it's, and it's so fun. It's so creative. Um, and yeah, uh, fashion revolution's amazing. Remake world is amazing. There's a lot of great organizations who are just really helping with both policy, education, amplification of paying garment workers a a fair wage, um, shopping less and really making that overall just cool and and something to really have fun with. Yeah, that's really cool. Like you said, you can just kind of start, you know, I mean, as you wait on the waiting list for the Isthmus, go ask your best friend, borrow a, a, I have no idea, a sweater or something like that, right? A scarf or we know it's summertime. So I guess scarves are kind of relevant, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go in your grandma's closet, like your partner's closet. Um, Also, one thing that I think a lot of people are intimidated by is like, oh, I have to be perfect. Like I have to buy zero waste everything. And that's that's not true. Um, I think corp- people want you to think that so you don't do it. But start, I like I still have fast fashion pieces. Um, you know, I, I haven't been sustainable since the day I was born. So just try it, see if you like it. And it's okay to start slow. There we go. Slow fashion, start slow. There's a good, there's a good There ending. we go. It's all <laughs> encompassing. It makes sense. Ease yourself into it. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Perfect. Hey, Carly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and educating us a little bit about slow fashion, the benefits of it, and then, uh, you know, what things that we can be doing in, in terms of kind of moving forward as a society to stop that overconsumption and and really have fun yeah, with your community fun. and other people. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope I didn't offend too many billionaires and it was great chatting with you and yeah, I'm gl- thanks for building this platform too and getting this information out there. Yeah, well, if it's a, a decent billionaire, then he'll throw you a bunch of money to help grow this a little bit and then get that get it going on that front. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then that way, maybe that's the message that they should be doing, right? Share the wealth. But uh, anyway, Carly, thank you so much again, and uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. And what we are going to do, as always, is feature her links uh, during throughout this podcast week. So if you're listening during launch week, you can check that out on the Instagram page. And then of course, uh, go to the website, cheshtech.com backslash talking solutions podcast. And as we uh, get that new website launch, you'll see the uh, information regarding Isthmus or Carly. And then of course, the new uh, name as well as they go through that change, but an opportunity for you to jump on that platform, get on the wait list, if you will, to be a part of this community and uh, get your own personal shopper, things of that nature, get some inspiration. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm here for. Get that, get those ideas and those things flowing and make yourself uh, look good out there and and be more sustainable and and be more ethical with pay as well on that front. So support all that great thing. So we appreciate you coming on and we will get at you in our next episode of the Talking Solutions podcast. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Drop a review, subscribe if you enjoyed this as well. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talkin' Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talkin' Solutions. 
If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.